You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. Sometimes if you get out of that practice, then we actually start to like, whether it's a conscious or subconscious, but kind of, yeah, feel like we deserve certain things or certain things are so good because I did something right um, and earned it. And that's just not true. Pick the problem that you think your kid is having at school and we can point out to families, imagine how the Lord might use that one day in their story. Instead, we just think about what bothers us or doesn't bother us. And that's the thing with vices and virtues, right? It's like yeah. virtues are like spiritual muscles that you're going to strengthen. And just like you with your physical muscles, that means you practice, them. you practice, you're going to have to work them out. And when you don't is when the vices are going to come in and atrophy that muscle. Hey, this is Adam Griffin and I'm here with my co-host first. Mrs. Cassie Bryant. How are you doing tonight, Cassie? Oh, I'm doing great. Great. It's, a, it's night. It is night. We are recording in the night. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, I feel like I could have used a cup of coffee about 10 but minutes it's, it's ago. It's not like it's 2 a.m. It's more like parent nighttime where it like the sun's be. not quite down yet. Doesn't any time after 7 feel like 2? Yeah, for me, like Kinda. bedtime Kinda rolls around when the sun rolls around. Speaking of never going to sleep at night, my night shift wife... Actually, she's my wife full time, but she works. <laughs> night oh my <shift>. gosh, <laughs> Chelsea! Griffin. All my worst nightmares coming true. <laughs> oh, no, it was not like a Freudian slip. My full time wife, who works the night shift at the hospital, Chelsea Griffin. How you doing? Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I worked night shift <laughs> last night, and now I'm here awake with you people during the daytime. Yeah, and it's fine. And it's fine. You, would you prefer the night? I would love it if we did a night shift podcast one time, just to kind of accommodate me. I'm game. I, I'm a night. I'm a night owl. I can hang. Oh, really? You just said that anytime after seven p.m. feels like two a.m. Yes. Well, and you maybe, love two a.m. I do love two a.m. <laughs> I love. I love that time right after the kids go to bed. And then it's like, you come alive. I get in a second win. Yeah. When the child That's awakes. That's right. Well, yeah, let's record sometime at like maybe two or three. I think it's kind of my finest hour. Yeah. That's when a- we are leaving for a road trip usually. Okay. Every night? No. Oh. No, like when we leave for Colorado, if we're driving more than like eight hours, we're going to leave at three. Gonna, yeah, we've done that a couple of times. It did not always work out well. The overnight drive to let the kids sleep. A lot of regrets. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this is that's what the podcast is all about. Let's talk about regrets. That should be one of our episodes, our preemptive regrets. I know this is going to go poorly, that kind of stuff. Uh, hey, as we jump in, let me read you a review from one of our podcast listeners. This one is called Favorite Parenting Podcast. And it comes from, I think it's Sari. Asari? I don't know how to quite say her name, so I'm sorry about that. But uh, she says, favorite parenting podcast by far. Nothing but good stuff here. Great guests, knowledgeable hosts. That's y'all, knowledgeable. Yeah, like And consistently strikes the balance between challenging and inspiring. Episodes don't leave me feeling overwhelmed or demoralized. I'm happy to hear that. Rather, I feel motivated to parent my kids well by the strength and wisdom that the Lord supplies. How sweet is that? Somebody give that girl a podcast. I know, right? She's good with words. (laughs) I've never been called inspired. I know, she's she's better than all of us. Just give it it to her. Yeah, I think she's probably vying for one. We're going to get you one. Ooh, could we maybe, you think we could ever do like a, um, like a listener lottery where we host them? We do like an interview with a listener. That's a great idea. Wouldn't that be fun? What if we did a live show where we had listeners there oh and we goodness. talked directly to them? Okay. Were you not trying to segue? I was not trying to segue or plug <laughs> the live show. Although 
I'm sure by the time this airs, it'll be sold out. But if it's not, you should check because maybe there's still tickets for it. Uh, I think I think there'll still be tickets. We don't have a ton of tickets, but I think it's going to be a great event. So if you don't know already, November 2nd in the city of Dallas, hosted in the amphitheater of, of Eastside Community Church, we're going to do a live podcast recording. We're actually going to do two episodes that night. We'll have a special musical guest, Eric Nieder. We'll have a special MC, Kyle Worley, one of our dear friends. Tickets are about $10. And we'd encourage you, bring your spouse, make it a date night where you can talk about leading your family spiritually and come hang out with us. I think it's going to be an absolute blast. Yeah, it'll be great. But maybe in another season, we could interview a listener. That's a great idea. That'd be fun. Like maybe Siri. Well, some of of our guests have been listeners. Well, that's true. You know, we've had some great guests on who said, hey, here's what I like about your podcast, which I appreciate. That's awesome. That's great. We listen to them too. All right. Well, this is the vices and virtues season tonight. We are talking about a very, uh, I think, important virtue. I would think this is a virtue. Don't you think, Chelsea? Gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I'd call that a virtue. It's it's virtuous to be grateful. Yes. And I want to be grateful. So let's kick off by talking about, let's get real. Let's get vulnerable. Let's, Mm. Let's get honest. When it comes to gratitude, when it comes to, you know, think about, thankfulness. So maybe if the opposite of the spectrum end of the spectrum is entitlement Mm -hmm. or just um, a lack of gratitude, I guess, where do you struggle? Where is this hard for you? And thinking about specifically, maybe as it comes to spiritually leading your family or modeling it for your children, where is gratitude hard for you? Mm, Trying to pick one place. (laughs) Let's, Let's narrow it down. I think gratitude at its best is like a posture of heart, obviously, but it's also a practice. It's something that you do, like a discipline. And so we've seen like gratitude journals and you've seen like there was kind of a wave of that that hit, I don't even know how many years ago. I don't know, five to 10. All my time blurs together. It's like from (laughs) seven to 2 a.m. But I think that at my best is when I'm like practicing, but that means at my worst when I'm not is like I kind of get in these ruts, like you said, of entitlement where I'm just feeling like I deserve better. I deserve better behaving children. I deserve... I mean, it's just like, I feel like, well, why don't we have more? Why don't we have more space for this? Or and it ends up becoming crippling and leaving me not able to fulfill what God's called me to do because I'm yeah. so stuck in the rut of entitlement. And we've seen this even in our own children where it's like when we're calling them up to do something or integrate a responsibility or they get stuck in, um, well, why doesn't, my, why doesn't my sister have to do that? Oh, yeah. And it's like, no, this is an opportunity. Like I'm inviting you into something that's good, but you're so... And some of this even goes maybe to comparing like we talked about in a previous episode. But although to say, I think at my worst in my entitlement, it's kind of like I spend more time thinking, why don't I have what I want and all that that's keeping me from doing. Let me ask you, when you say, because uh, I, I resonate with this and I, I'm not like picking it apart. I really want to know what you think. When you say, I feel like I deserve better children. Like that thought crosses your mind. Is that a thought you feel like you express towards God saying like, why are my kids like this? Or even like towards your kids? Like not towards the kids, maybe like towards Eric and like, why aren't we doing a better job? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like a conversation we have, like, where are we failing? Why aren't they better? Yeah. Rather than like, I mean, obviously, and that's such a terrible thing to say, sorry. But I think it's more of just like, we're doing this hard work and I expect and feel entitled to see the fruit from it. And when I don't, mm. I feel, I get frustrated in that and then think we're doing something. And when off. you don't see, when you do see the fruit though, Cassie, cause I know you've seen it. 
do you feel grateful or do you feel like you take it for granted? Oh, I mean, it might, or I think uh, like I pat myself on the back, like, oh, we did that. Right. Like so you I'm not credit, grateful that credit God goes is to doing you. That. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. like, I am a great Gosh, mom. We're great knuckle, you know, yeah. knuckles. Knuckles with great. your husband and yeah. you're saying, hey, we're nailing Nail that. It. Yeah. That's not great either. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> that's not, I mean, I'm just saying like, that's not a grateful, like, God, thank you for the work you're doing. Oh, yeah. 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 You're taking credit yeah. instead of giving credit where credit is due. It feeds the entitlement. Yeah. Chelsea, how about you? Do you ever struggle with gratitude? Yeah, I think uh, like what Cassie talked about, the discipline, the practice of it to to make a point of it is something that I fail to do a lot of days in terms of there's just so many things we take for granted. Yeah. You know, not just in parenting, but just in general, like the health of your children or um, the opportunities we have. Like it's not happening often enough that I'm before the Lord saying this is unbelievable, unbelievable mm. that you've given X, Y, and Z, you know, types of opportunities and just good gifts Yeah, to me that I didn't do anything to deserve. And then like Cassie said, sometimes if you get out of that practice, then we actually start to like, whether it's a conscious or subconscious, mm. but kind of, yeah, feel like we deserve certain things or certain things are so good because I did something right yeah. um, and earned it. And that's just not true. That's- yeah, I think like most things in the Christian life, I think unless something supernaturally miraculous happens, I tend to take it for granted. Yeah. Because I will take the credit. Like if, if our kids, right now, our kids are in the other room taking care of themselves. They're playing games and they're reading a book. And I'm, I'm not expecting them to walk out here and I go, why? Oh, because I'm a good parent. Like I know that there's something in me that says, yeah, because I parented mm, them well. Yeah. And that's a struggle with me where I go, is there in fact some parenting we've done to lead to this? I go, yeah, but I'm taking it for granted what mm. the Lord is doing in their hearts and has done in their hearts. I am taking for granted anything good in them and and taking credit for it and saying, well, that's that's right. due to me. And even taking for granted the fact that you, even if you are a good parent, that is true. But yeah. but even that is a gift of, from God. Like your your um, faithfulness as a father. Right. As if like we didn't is get- also God's grace. We yeah. received these instructions from God. Right. 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 So the ones we followed, if we have followed them faithfully, successfully and seen the fruit. Right. There is all glory to God, right? He he was the one who was kind right. to say, hey, do it like this, speak like this, listen like this, yeah. to give the Holy Spirit, which gives us the fruit of patience right. and kindness and right. goodness. Like he prescribed all of this. We would not have written it up for ourselves. Right. If we were up to our own, own devices, we would not say, here's what's good and wise. We had to receive that from God. But I think when we walk with the Lord for a long time, we start to think that we invented those things. Right? Totally right. You know, yeah. we taught ourselves those things. Or we take advantage of, like, take a verse from the Proverbs, like, raise up a kid in the way they should go. And mm-hmm. then and when they're old, they will not depart from it. And sometimes we'll raise up a kid in the way they should go because that was the instructions of the Lord. But when they don't depart from it, we're like, yeah, because I, I nailed it. I nailed it as a parent. They're doing what I asked them to do. And that's a struggle. But all, the opposite is also true. I, I take for granted or I'm sorry, I feel entitled not only to those good days, but to relief from the bad ones. Kind of like what Cassie was saying before, like when things are going poorly, I feel like there's a tension in me that says it shouldn't be like this Mm -hmm. because I don't, I don't deserve it as if what I deserved was something better. Mm -hmm. And I definitely see that in my spiritual leadership, in my parenting, in, in any task you give me to do, I feel like I can find a version of it where I go, well, here's what I deserve. I, I can measure it myself and say, here's the level based on my behavior. So if I'm mailing it in and not doing much and it turns out poorly, I'm like, yeah, that seems right. But if I'm giving it my all and it's not turning out well, I'm like, that doesn't seem fair. 
Right. And uh, that's entitlement in me. That's, mm-hmm. And that's as, as true in what we pour into our kids as anything. I, you know, Cassie, you and I have had conversations with missionaries before who are working in countries where there is almost no fruit, yeah. where they've been working and laboring for years yep. and they're not seeing people come to Christ. And I understand that that maybe there's this struggle that says, why God, why wouldn't you do this for your glory? And I get that. But when we become entitled saying like you owe me this Mm -hmm. and it should be delivered to me, which we can talk more about when we get to scripture, that has crossed a boundary from saying, God, this is something I long for, for your glory, to something that says like, you're depriving me of something you should have given me. Yeah. And we definitely see that. I'm I'm sure you guys too. When you, do you see that in your kids' hearts at all? A lack of gratitude and entitlement? I feel like that's words we throw around all the time for this culture, for this age. Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you guys, what does entitlement look like in a child? Mm. Well, sometimes our kids think this, this whole situation is like a democracy and whatnot and (laughs) want to kind of co-parent and co-lead the house with us. And I'm like, whoa, where'd you get that idea? Yeah. Uh, But I am willing to hear their input, but it's just kind of funny to me sometimes when some of our kids just kind of like ask or say something that I'm like, well, that sounds like a lot of authority for a child. (laughs) But isn't that, that's exactly what we do the Lord, right? Right. The Lord has given us instruction. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you didn't get my input yet. And let me tell you how this should go. And that leads to either, you know, we take it for granted when something goes well, we're like, yeah, that was my idea. Mm. Or we get this entitlement that leads to true disappointment and discouragement when it doesn't go the way we want. We're like, well, I had a better plan than yours, God. And you didn't roll Mm -hmm. with mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which has to do with a little bit of control idol as well saying, this should go different. I think it probably manifests as greed. So it's like you experience something that's good in our house and it's like more. That yeah. It's like, yeah. I think about like a, a kid, you know, a little bitty like toddler. It's like you give them something good. And if you do sign language when they're little, you know, they do like the more sign yeah. over and over and over again because they want more of what they have. And that same heart has kind of plays itself out now even in, in older ages. So if it's watching a TV show, and yep. it's like, you know what? That, now's a great time to get in an episode of a show y'all enjoy, Great British Big Show or whatever. And we watch it, but it's like the minute we have to turn it off, it's like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I want more and, rather than uh, like, thanks, mom. We yeah. could have been doing homework or chores or helping you with something. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it kind of looks like greed, which I don't know that I would say that's the counterpart, but it's definitely something that entitlement and greed. Uh, I are definitely like, think you're touching on it right there. Who was that uh, filthy rich American guy back in the day that asked how much money is enough? And he said a little bit more. Remember that? I um, don't know. Okay. I need to look these things up before I start rich talking. Person under it's like bus, a Rockefeller so. or something like that. Oh, okay, great. And they were asking him, maybe it was, I don't I was know. I say Warren Buffett, but I didn't want to throw I was going to say it might've been Warren Buffett, but they were asking him like, how much money is enough? And he said, always just a little bit more. Yeah, it's never and enough. I think there's something in that statement to say like, is my heart ever satisfied? And why do I struggle with gratitude? It's because my heart is never satisfied, mm-hmm. even with what I've been given. And I think there's something in that that says like, have my kids made me feel good enough about myself? I go, yeah. well, if I could get just a little bit more, they would. And I'm going to need a little bit more tomorrow. And I keep turning to something that is not the Lord and saying, make me feel better, yeah. make me feel better. And that is and not only, not really touching the entitlement, it's the greed you're talking about mm. that says, I'm not okay unless I continue to receive what I believe I deserve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a book called The Gospel Primer. Yeah. I cannot tell you the name of the author right now. Cover of it's kind of lame unless they've redone it, but it's one of my favorite books. And it's like, Shots there's fired. 50, I know, I don't know who the, sorry, but <laughs> the book is great, buy it, even if you like the cover. But there are 50, there's like daily ways to rehearse the gospel. It talks about like, we need to rehearse the gospel daily. And one of them talks about, um, you know, the saying, your glass is half empty, you're half full. And some people kind of walk in glass half empty. Yeah. 
you know, personalities and then some walking glass have full personalities. And he kind of talks about for those that are always looking at their glass and like, why is it half empty? He's like, what we deserve is a glass full of God's wrath. Mm. But instead of that, as believers, not only is that wrath emptied out on Christ, but it's it's the glass is now filled with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Wow. And talks about how like we should all as believers be walking as if our glasses are overflowing because they because are. Because they are, right. Because yeah. they are, yeah. Whether we live in the, you know, the country that we have with the freedoms we have, but I mean, this would be true for any believer. Well, let's mm-hmm. talk about where gratitude is, is something that you've admired in your family. You've seen it. Maybe it's the strength of yours personally. Where do you feel like you have admired what the Lord has done well and been thankful in your heart? Where, where do you see that? Oh, man, more places than I can count. Mm. I thought when our kids were really little, like for, for those of y'all that don't know much about our family, we had all three of our boys within three and a half years. And so those early years is just a lot. It is a lot of serving and that's so good and formational for your heart. But like when no one can do anything for themselves, it is hard when you have to tie every shoe, wipe every bottom, buckle every seatbelt, all of those things. Those are long days and it, and they were good. But man, it is just like, it has been so fun. The yeah. pe- like as our kids get oh, yeah. older, every new stage feels like this is the best one yet. Yeah. You know, when my kids were babies. I loved holding my babies. And there's a day where you don't get to hold your babies all day anymore. And so it's like, that's sad. But every new stage, I am just blown away by like how special it is mm-hmm. to have like a growing relationship with our sons, to hear what they have to say, just watching, just watching them grow up, watching God pursue their hearts, um, watching them grow in, in virtues and, you know, all those early years when you prompt your kids to say things that are good and right to say, even though, you know, they don't feel it, but you're helping them understand this is what a thankful person says, or this is what a person says if they're sorry. And then you start to see that on its own, where you do see that fruit of watching your kids Mm. ask for forgiveness from one another and mean it, or your kids just genuinely show gratitude for something that, that you do for them or give to them. And that is so sweet and so special and just the fun that we get to have in our family. It's been awesome. Yeah. And I, th- I, I, I totally resonate with everything you're saying. And I think that level of appreciation maybe is the word I would use for it, that appreciation for what the Lord's doing in our family has done, the kind of family he's given us, what our kids are like, the way we interact when we're in our sweetest moments, it does help me also shape our hardest moments a little bit easier to say like, I'm so grateful for this kid. I can't possibly stay upset with them. I can't possibly hold a grudge against them. I can't, they can argue with me and I will wake up and love them tomorrow. And doesn't it give you a picture? I mean, how many times we've gone back to that thing that your counselor said to you about like, if the Lord, if I can do that with my kid, how much more so the Mm -hmm. Lord can do that with me where he delights in the way he's designed me, raised me, made me. He does not, um, his love is steadfast. His yeah. mercy is yeah. huge. Isn't that the way the Lord loves us? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That mm. his affection hasn't waned for us. Yeah. And if anything, I've probably in the Lord's eyes just moved from like newborn to toddler at best. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like our kids are growing leaps and bounds all the time. But yeah, like we talked about, we we do all these things to the Lord, right? Like where we've, we failed it. We're not great children. <laughs> we're not great children, no. but he doesn't love us for how good of a child we are. He loves us because we're his. And so that's just Mm -hmm. a sweet thing. Amen. Where do you see gratitude in your heart, Cassie? Yeah. I mean, I think that when we reflect on milestones in our family, whether it's family trips or, you know, God's special provision for something or 
time together as a family out at, you know, with Eric's extended family or with my extended family. Um, I think marking and like talking about those milestones is a great opportunity for us to reflect and be grateful for what God has done in our family. Um, we had one recently, we were driving through a place where a significant thing happened. This is just like later, earlier this month. And we stopped. I like called Eric because we were in separate cars actually. And I was like, this is where that thing happened. Mm. And we were just able to give thanks. And so I think, you know, not to go back to our language, but I think milestones and like, yeah, you know, marking those and celebrating those are really great ways to practice gratitude over the, a long time. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing I was thinking this tonight at dinner because our youngest offered to pray. And oftentimes when she prays, it's just thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. And it's like, she's just either that's because we've modeled her or because we haven't modeled the other ways to pray yeah. uh, enough, you know, like the request and adoration, but her list of eventually we're like, okay, and thank him for dinner and let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just really sweet to hear them thank God and attribute, you know, of course we want them to thank us when we do something for sure. them. Um, but for her to be able to say thank you for my friends and for our dog and, you know, all those things is just really sweet. And I think it's sowing the seeds of practice. Well, that's another good example of like where I would almost be indignant if my kids don't say thank you when I do something kind for them. And yet I walk through my life not treating mm. the Lord with the same level of gratitude, you know, that he yeah. is entitled to in every sense of the word, like where I will act entitled, God actually is entitled. Jesus is literally mm. entitled to everything yeah. that I have. And yet I would not afford it to him. Thank you also, like using the words, thank you. We've talked many times on this podcast about making our kids say sorry, even if they don't feel sorrow over sin. Uh, thank you is another word or another combination of words that we use as parents to make our kids say thank you, even if they don't yet feel yeah. gratitude, yeah. right? Say thank to, you. Yes, to develop that sense of gratitude. Sometimes we're just trying to create nice kids and polite kids, but we're spiritually, we're actually trying to form our kids yeah. into understanding that what you have received, you did not earn or deserve. And at the same time, I do think a big part of parenthood when it comes to developing gratitude in a sense of battling entitlement has to do with hey, I'm not going to just give you everything. I want to, the older you get, the more I want you to demonstrate hard work, responsibility, earn something so that you can see everything God has called us to. Yes, every good thing is a gift from above, but also God calls his people to work hard. Yeah. So don't expect everything just to come to you, just to be easy for you, just to be handed to you on a silver platter. But if I want to overcome entitlement and I want to foster gratitude, then I invite my kids into working for what they get. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? And yeah. being grateful for the ability to work. Amen. So yeah. it's like work even is a then, gift too, work right? is a gift. Yeah. It's yeah. something we are called to do. Hey friends, it's March and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They've got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey complete box set. It's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order 
at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com, see all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus, and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, Family 10, to get 10% off your entire order. Hey listeners, we live in a world where anxiety, depression, and weariness seem to be the basic descriptors of our lives. For many of us, our calendars and our plates are overfull, yet our lives still lack joy. But it doesn't have to be this way. Jesus invites you to have true and abundant joy that's only found in Him. In John 15, Jesus reveals three very surprising pathways to finding this type of joy. You can discover these pathways in the new book, Overflowing Joy, by author and Bible teacher Tara Dew. This is available at LifeWay.com, and you can save 40% off with the code JOY40. Again, that's J-O-Y, the number four, the number zero, at LifeWay.com. The new book is Overflowing Joy by Tara Dew. Check it out. You know, you were talking about forming forming gratitude in our kids. It just makes me think of like spiritual disciplines, and we talked about, we just kind of touched on this being a practice, but it kind of, it's the chicken egg conversation of like, well, do you wait for kids to just be thankful as if they'll ever just be thankful on their own, which maybe, or do you kind of start the practice knowing it will shape and form right. that thing in your heart? And so I think that that's kind of the, the point of spiritual disciplines is that we always want to fast or want to memorize scripture or want to be grateful even. It's that you practice it until your heart totally. is formed and you see, and then you, you're desirous of the discipline because you see the fruit of it. Yeah, I do this all the time with our boys where when I recognize gratitude in my heart for something, I invite them into expressing it. So like tonight at dinner, Chelsea cooked some amazing mac and cheese and Ooh. chicken nuggets for these boys. And I said, who's thanked their mom? for making us a delicious feast. And then it's like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And sometimes they do that without being prompted. They're old enough now where they they develop that gratitude, certainly when we do something that truly delights them. And maybe their motivation is because they want us to keep doing things that delight them, but they express, hey, thank you, mom. Thank you, dad, for for taking us here, for doing this with us, for giving us that. And I'm trying to foster that. I I do, jumping back to struggles for just a second, I see a need for that mm. in my own discipleship. Somebody to come alongside me, uh, be it Chelsea or my kids or a mentor or somebody and point out, hey, Adam, have you thanked God for that? Mm-hmm. I think about all God has done at our church. I love Eastside Community Church. Mm-hmm. Think about all God has done in our family and how how often I can take it for granted. In other words, like not even acknowledge it, not even notice it because it's become the standard. Things yeah. are going well in these areas or how much I feel entitled to it. Like, oh yeah, that happened because we did this, made this good decision, made this good choice, went in this good direction. And uh, I, instead of crediting the Lord and saying, this is all his, mm. yeah, I've taken, I've taken credit. Even in my, even if it's only in my heart, I remember somebody told me this uh, anecdote about Corey Ten Boom. That Corey Ten Boom, who was the author of the Hiding Place, and if you, ha- you don't know who Corey Ten Boom is, look it up. But they asked her one time, "How do you deal with the fact that people are complimenting you all the time? How do you deal with that?" Because it would seem like it would lead to pride. And she said, "I think of every compliment as somebody handing me a flower, and at the end of the day, I hand God a bouquet." And I mm. said, "These are this was all for you. This was <laughs> okay. all yours." And I wish that was my heart in my own home, in our own church, all the time, just going like, if there's anything good you see in me, that should be credited to God. That is the Lord. 
And while we're talking about that, let's transition. Let's talk a little about scripture. Let's talk about what the Lord has said about gratitude. When I, when we talk about gratitude, we talk about entitlement, we talk about taking things for granted. What comes to mind for you that the Lord has said? What scriptures pop into your head? Well, we just uh, discovered in First Thessalonians. <laughs> I'm really bad at references. So I was like, what's that book? What's the one that says? Um, <laughs> but being grateful in all, about being grateful in all circumstances. And that makes me think of, I mean, we even talked about the verse about, I've learned to be content when we talked about comparison. And I'm just, even as we're talking, I'm thinking about how much comparison, how much grat- how much the practice of gratitude will kind of solve some of the issues of comparison that we see. And like, but that gratitude in all circumstances means that it's something we can have even when life isn't going the way that we want it. Amen. And so it's, again, honing in on that practice in our own hearts and then let that spilling over into our kids. And so if that's a morning, probably an evening practice, I mean, maybe you could do in the morning if you are too tired in the evening, but um, to sit down and just think about all the things we have to be grateful for and to thank God for or at dinner with your kids so that they can see that. And it just puts your heart in a posture of like, even if our day is bad, there's something to be grateful for. So yeah. let's find it. Like, and I spy, I spy this to be grateful for or whatever. If yeah. you have preschoolers, that might help. But You know, something parents often ask is like how to get your kids talking to you to give you more than one word answers. Yeah. And we'll often ask like, <laughs> how was school today? But if you ask questions like, what are you thankful for? in what you saw today at school. Mm. Is there anything that sticks out to you that you feel like the Lord is doing or has done that we are we should be grateful for and we should acknowledge to Him? You know, I think those are great lead-ins to good spiritual conversations. Chelsea, what scriptures come to mind for you? First thing I thought was Psalm 126, which says, uh, the Lord has done great things for us and we mm. are glad. Yeah. And they say something again like that in... Um, First Samuel, it says, First Samuel chapter 12 says, Only fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things He has done for you. Mm. And I love thinking about, that's on our bathroom mirror. If, I don't know, I'm sure if that rings a bell with you, but it is. Uh, <laughs> it's from the Bible though, right? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> you almost have to like second, like, wait, what? It's also yeah. says, dance like no one's, no one's watching. <laughs> um, no, not um, the Bible verse. <laughs> the, in the Old Testament, because, God's people are a people who were rescued. They had, you know, they're, they're so different. They're different people because they're people that were rescued from something into something else. They were saved by what God had done for them in Egypt. And they just talk so much about remembering. Don't forget, don't forget. Mm. Sometimes remember, or when your kids ask what these stones are here for, like they have a lot of signs of remembrance, a lot of visual outward reminders to say, don't forget. Don't forget what the Lord did. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful, but not as well practiced today. And we've heard lots of great ideas for fa- as far as family discipleship goes about that. But I, don't, I think in our family, we don't have something like really set in stone to say, this is what we do to remember these certain events. Yeah. Um, we may celebrate anniversaries of different things, stuff mm. like that. But just the remembering of, hey, don't forget. And sometimes even the joy of my own salvation is lost on me. And I have to remember like, what were you like before before Christ got a hold of your heart? What did mm. you want? What did you pursue? And I just think, man, my life would be an absolute disaster right now yeah. if God hadn't come and saved me. Mm. I, can, I don't even want to imagine what I would be chasing if not for God's goodness in my life. Mm. Thank you for your tears, Chelsea. That's what our counselor says. If any, if anyone, just being thank grateful, you for your being, grateful. being grateful. I really am grateful for your tears. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I do, th- you mentioned 
though we don't really have much that we remind our kids, I do think one thing that you may not have thought of that I think is good is in our boys' room, we have these these picture tiles all over the room of like the best times we've had together as a family. And we're hopefully the longer they're in this home, the fuller those walls become. Mm -hmm. And I want them to always be able to look up in this room. Our boys all share a room. And remember like, oh yeah, look at all these sweet times, these places we have gone, the places we have camped and gone on trips. And whether it's, you know, their 10-year-old birthday trip they go on with just dad or whether it's golfing with mom or whether it's, you know, somebody's lake that they invited out, invited us out to. Like there's these, they're surrounded by these memorials in the shape of pictures. Our kids don't have phones. Our kids don't have photo albums, but they do have walls in their room that are covered with the story of their childhood and those best moments that I hope they're growing in gratitude. Uh, when I think about scriptures and I think about uh, gratitude and entitlement, of course, there's so many great scriptures. They're just talking about being thankful no matter what. Or I think about in Ecclesiastes where it says, you know, if your day is prosperous or good, remember the Lord. But also if your day is bad, remember that mm. he made them both. Uh, those things are good. But I also, I think my heart tends toward, and this is probably kind of the beat myself up attitude that I normally get, is the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the these religious leaders who felt like they were entitled to the best seats at the party, the honor from the people around them. They felt entitled to have attention from people in the way that they prayed, in the way they were generous, in the way that they fasted. They felt like they were owed some kind of admiration from Mm -hmm. the people around them. And of course, that is also the same exact group of people that Jesus often called out that John the Baptist called a brood of vipers, that Jesus said several times, woe to you because you're like this. You're like this. You're, you look great on the outside. On the inside, it's just death and like a whitewashed tomb. And I think about this Pharisees and that's part of this is the scariest thing for me because I'm so grateful for good behavior, but mm. the Pharisees were so well-behaved and I don't want to raise Pharisees. Yeah. I don't want my spiritual leadership of my home to just raise well-behaved kids. I want kids whose heart is sold out for God. And so while maybe the approach is the same in both, the credit goes to God for who can actually change their heart. You know, I can, I can behavior modify through threats and bribes. Right. I can say like, if you do this, dad will give you this and you better do it. Or if you don't do this, God will, or your dad is going to rain down fire upon you. Like I can threaten them until they behave but I cannot change the human heart. Mm, and that's right. what I see God doing in lives around us. And I've seen him do it in my own. Chelsea, you're just attesting to that in your own heart, what he's changed in you. And I, when I see in scripture, you know, with, some, with Pharisees, often we talk about them as just this, this monolith almost in Christianity. Like they are all these bad guys. Mm. But you see Nicodemus who, while he doesn't want to come during the day to Jesus, he does come and say, hey, we know, we trust you. Or Joseph of Arimathea, who was a a follower of him in secret. These are men from among these ruling class, these religious leaders who said, no, I I choose Jesus and I'm going to follow Jesus. And that's a change the, the Lord made in their heart. And if that's the the story of my children in our in our lives, where like behavior maybe came first, but the Lord changed my heart, I'm okay with that. I just don't want only behavior. Yeah. And I want only gratitude when things are prosperous and good, and then um, spite when they're not, or to hold something against God when it's not. I, I want that sense of like, I trust God with everything. Therefore, I'm grateful for everything. I, I trust him with how bad things have gotten with a, a diagnosis for one of your kids or with a difficulty for one of your kids, your kids getting in trouble at school. I can go, God, I'm, I'm grateful. You know, what's a, another good example? You know, this is something that Chelsea and I talk about with families all the time 
as their kids are struggling with something, maybe your kid has a ton of hyperactivity or your kid, um, I mean, you name it, you pick the problem that you think your kid is having at school. And we can point out to families, imagine how the Lord might use that one day in their story, not just change it for them, but imagine how uh, the kid who is not afraid to stand up in front of anybody and kind of act silly might one day be the kid who can follow Jesus, even if the crowd is not following mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. How the kid who is loud and boisterous and is hyperactive might be the kid who's going, yeah, people will line up behind a personality like that and go, or the kid who is shy and saying like, he will not engage or she will not engage or they will not socialize. How the Lord uses people like that in his kingdom to say, hey, you don't have to be loud. You don't have to be Mm. the biggest personality. You can quietly follow me. And in the quiet place, I am there. You will not be lonely or alone because I'm with you. Just these these things we worry about in our kids instead of trust them unto the Lord and say, I'm thankful my kid is shy or I'm thankful my kid is, you know, so full of energy. We Instead, we just think about what bothers us or doesn't bother us. Mm-hmm. And I think we could do better. Or even, yeah. Just it like, worries us, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not that we're trying to be ungrateful, but, but just letting our fears mm-hmm. in, inform our thoughts and our actions, you know, where you're going, okay, my kid cries a lot. So I'm just worried that, you know, he's, right. instead of going, God, thank you for a tender heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. And instead we're going, gosh, I hope he doesn't get picked on, left out, um, miss out on everything. Maybe he's whiny, maybe he's wimpy, maybe he's, you know, one of those things. And it's just like, our fears get so loud when we're not thinking the way God's instructed us to yeah. think. That's yeah. what I was going to say is like our anxieties. And the things that keep us up at night about our kids, like it, it's how much peace would we have if we were just would trust that God will yeah. use. All, it's all part of, part of their story. Mm-hmm. So it's like whatever bad day they just had or whatever, it's like just like the hard parts of our story are part of what he used to shape us and bring us to where we're at now. It's like we can trust him that he's, he's doing something. Excellent. They have a story. Yeah. We don't have to well, be anxious. Let's try to land the plane here. If a parent came to you, Cassie, and they're saying, Hey, I'm really struggling with gratitude. I'm either taking things for granted or I just don't, I don't see anything worth being thankful for. Where would you send them? What would you say to them to maybe develop that heart that is really trusting the Lord enough to be thankful in all circumstances? Mm. I would maybe start with asking them to ask people around them to help them see. Like, you know, sometimes we are so, we've got the blind, our blinders on and we just can't see yeah. and our perception and, is just so off. And so a lot of times that's when God, our community that God's given us can help us see rightly and then invite them into like helping you hone that practice. And so whatever that looks like in terms of, we've talked about gratitude journals or one thing a night texting it to your friend of groups of like, okay, I'm going to choose, I'm grateful for this tonight. Will you guys thank God with me for this? Yeah. Um, but inviting others in, um, I think it's hard to do anything alone. So, um, and then asking God, like you're just saying, like we can practice these things, but if God's not going to change our heart. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling convicted about something, I think start with asking God to change your heart about that. And then you could do anything like a word study, you know, in terms of like, what does the Bible have to say about gratitude and remembering and considering all of those words are something that you're, you're putting your mind to, you're, you're choosing to remember, you're choosing to consider, to, to not be, you know, overwhelmed by your circumstances, but to see those as tools in God's hand to shape you. And so um, I would say it's it's a discipline and it's one that can be 
it's one that can be strengthened. And that's the thing with vices and virtues, right? It's like virtues are like spiritual muscles that you're going to strengthen. And just like you would your physical muscles, that means you practice, you practice, you're going to have to work them out. And when you don't is when the vices are going to come in and atrophy that muscle. Yeah, that's right. So entitlement will kill gratitude. Yeah. Because why would you be thankful if you were owed? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Chelsea, what do you think? If, If a parent came to you, a mom said, hey, I'm having a really hard time in my family being thankful for anything or I'm just struggling with gratitude, what would you say? What would you tell them to do? I'll, I'll say this. I, I find that I'm more disciplined in gratitude when my children are with me. And so I'll give examples. Just, you know, when we go on road trips, you know, when we make it there safely and before we leave, we ask our kids, like, let's pray. Yeah. And as soon as we pull in, we say like, wow, how good is God? He protected us the whole way here and we, and we made it here. Um, and sometimes just making a point to do that with our children, I think helps me a lot. I know that as an adult, there's a million times I've left the grocery store without saying, God, thank you that I am not, I am not stressed about food. Um, I haven't been stressed ever really like that. I, I wasn't going to eat and I didn't have enough. You've always been there for me and made sure I had enough. But when our kids were little and I, before COVID, I always took them to the grocery store with me because I, I enjoyed that. And it was, it just seemed so obvious to like, yeah have our children like look at this basket full of all this stuff. Some of it is is uh, just stuff we enjoy and some of it is what we need. And we were able to get all of it without a problem. Like God has us. We have breakfast, we have lunch, we have dinner and just point our kids to that. And so that's been helpful for me. And so I would tell a mom, you know, invite your kids in, be pointing them towards it. And in, in that your heart is going to be formed also. Yeah. 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 Two things you're talking about uh, really resonate with me that I think may be helpful as we land the plane, uh, literally land the plane in the metaphor I'm thinking about. I, I pray pretty hard <laughs> when we're taking off on a flight. Like if we're flying somewhere, I'm like, Are Lord, you an anxious flyer? Yeah. I'm an anxious everything, Cassie. No, I'm an anxious not. podcaster. No, I'm an anxious not. husband. I've noticed you're like a little twitchy. <laughs> I don't like heights. <laughs> but yeah, when we're flying, I'm praying. We're praying on takeoff. It's like, it's religious for me. Yeah. You know, I'm praying, Lord, get us safely there. Protect us all the way there. But if we land safely, I, I don't pray a lot of prayers of like, thank you. And just like, oh, it's almost like I'm like, never mind, God, we made it. You know, like, it's like, you know, it's just like, uh, don't worry about it. You yeah. can don't okay. worry about it. It worked out. <laughs> could, I, could I please have this? And he gives it to you. And you're like, okay, you know what? I, I don't need to pray about that anymore. Yeah, Instead of thinking like, mm. wow, look at what you've done. And yeah. what you're talking about earlier, Chelsea, about remembering. I'm not saying I need to build a memorial every time a, a plane lands safely, but I do think <laughs> what I need to do is what you're talking about, Cassie, is practice a little bit more and find something to remind myself, Yeah, you know, and maybe it's even if I'm praying at, on takeoff, then I need to set a reminder on my phone to pray at landing mm. to say, hey, hey, Siri, will you please remind me when I land to pray prayers of gratitude. Yeah. Uh, not that like we can only be grateful when things go the way we want. Certainly that's not what we're saying, but I do think there's a practice there to say, yeah. I, I should attribute good things to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too, maybe you're evaluating what does my lack of gratitude or my entitlement, what is that pointing to? Because that would probably be a symptom of something, a wrong belief somewhere. Yeah. Like a lie I'm believing about God, that he's mm-hmm. a good father, that he's going to provide, that he's yeah. sovereign, all of those things. Or, you know, or lies I believe about myself that yeah. 
I'm, I'm owed, I'm deserving of something. I'm, you know, yeah. yeah. So Adam, can I tell you something a lady in our church does? I think I've told you this before, but there's a really sweet lady in our church who shared with the women one night that she counts a thousand gifts from God in a journal. And when she gets to a thousand, she just starts another one. And mm. now that she's been doing that for a long time, she has just pages of these journals that are all filled up with thousands and thousands and thousands of gifts from God. I love it. It's super sweet. Isn't that awesome? How often is she writing in there? Is it like about a discipline? Just, I think that's daily. Awesome. Does she have like, a, I'm going to do 10 a day? Or is it kind of just whenever Probably she just crosses her many. mind, I'm just going to... Yeah. I love that. But just to count gifts from the Lord and wow. then look back and say, I've received thousands. Wow. And we all know more than that, right? But Amen. like, it's just, right. this, it, I just was like, what a, what a treasure discipline that blesses her. And yeah, forms the way she thinks that okay. she's, she is the constant receiver of gifts. Gifts yeah. are being showered on her. He's const- she's yeah. constantly tracking what the mm-hmm. Lord's doing in her life. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, I hope that what you guys got out of this episode is a little bit more inspiration to, to pursue gratitude, but certainly to model it well for our kids. I want my kids to grow up grateful. It's certainly something that comes after discipline, but it's also something I want them to see in me because I want it to be genuine. I want to be grateful for what the Lord has done in our lives. So uh, man, I'm looking forward to next week when we're talking about shame. I hope you guys will be back here. That's going to be a tough and a personal one, but uh, gratitude. Great job, Cassie. Chelsea, thanks for blessing our listeners. Well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends. If you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, which is also where you're going to find more information about our podcast live show, November 2nd. Also, there's a link in our show notes about that. So we love you listeners, and we are looking forward to talking to you more next week.